Hey, Nicole. Hi, Evie. Breaking news, breaking news. Breaking news. Well, breaking news first, cheers to the queers. Cheers to the queers. Cheers, cheers to the queers. Cheers to the queers. Um, breaking news, breaking news. Here he, here he. Here they, here she, here we. The breaking news is that our dear friend Lori is joining us again. And before we say hello to Lori, I do want to just kind of give a little intro. I did a terrible intro last week. So I just kind of want to give a little bit of background about Lori. And she can, of course, expand and expound upon my words as she deems fit. Excellent. So Lori is a badass uh, trauma nurse. She has been a travel nurse. She's got several master's degrees in, in nursing. She has traveled the country training people in trauma. She is really truly like at the top of her profession. But on top of that, uh, Lori is an old, dear, dear friend. Uh, We met, Nicole and I both met Lori at about the same time, at least 10 years ago. I'd say probably even longer. Oh, definitely. Because 2010, oh yeah, no, it was like 2000, probably what, 2008 maybe? I think it was earlier than that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it might have been between 2005 and 2007, somewhere in that time frame. Yeah, okay. So we've known Lori for a very long period of time, and she has always been one of my really, truly ultimate favorite people on the planet. Like, I absolutely love and adore her, and she inspires me constantly just because of her badassery. And on top of it, she's a fun and funny fucking human being. And I just fucking love the shit out of you. I love that. Also, um, a memory that comes to mind with me is uh, roller derby, right? Yeah, I played roller derby for a number of years, too. Super fucking cool. I love roller derby. I can barely walk without breaking something. So that's super dope. Um, You know, for a minute there, uh, Nicole was practicing roller skating in her restaurant. So, no, okay, here's the deal. So, I grew up playing hockey. I'm actually pretty good at hockey, and I used to skate really well. It's been a long time. I bought rollerblades over the quarantine. I didn't know what to do, so I started rollerblading in my laundry room and uh, until being caught a couple times, and people were probably very weirded out by it. But since then, I have taken it to the streets. I've taken it to the streets. I'm not amazing because I haven't practiced a lot, um, but... I by next summer I probably will be signed by some team or something. I mean you'll be you'll be taking uh, all the Derby girls down. Well, I mean it is a so I actually did roller skate when I was very, like a teenager. You know, like how roller skating rinks were popular and stuff like that. I wasn't terrible. However, I did go roller skating um a few years back for this like kind of reunion thing from this roller skating rink I used to go to, and oh my fucking god was I terrible I bit it every every 10 minutes I was on the ground every single 10 minutes and I kept kept my skates to like kind of get caught in the middle and it'd be like and I just like fall forward on my knees it was so bad Um, (laughs) but to clarify I did make a mistake and I did drink before the reunion thing which um, as a very young person I 
generally did not drink before roller skating, um, and drinking and roller skating was fucking terrible idea. So I like that you say generally did not drink as a young person. I well, I, so there were all night skates, and I was like a teenager. Well, no, not even a teenager. A little bit like going into teenage years. You know, I was a teenager, but wasn't like 17, 18. It was more like 14, 15. And I do remember once my best friend brought um a uh well, I'm sure we. Stole it from something or somehow or another we had a little bottle of um hot damn. Oh, the old hot damn. Oh, <laughs> which, which I drank and consequently puked the whole fucking night. So it was like I was like couple skate with my boyfriend who had a girl name and which I always it's funny because he actually had the same name as my best friend, which I was probably in love with her because you know, like I was a little gay and uh I, so I just remember, like, couple skating with him, going to the bathroom and drinking hot damn and puking. Couple skating with him, going to the bathroom, drinking hot damn and puking. So it was a little rebellious. But uh, overall, that was one of the only times that I did drink and roller skate. And then, of course, the one time I did as an adult, I drank and I just fell the whole time. Bad news. I love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, so I support all of this. And honestly, I, I think um, roller skating and drinking has its place. It does, I think, because when you fall, it hurts less. Yeah, it's, um, that's true. So, it, place is usually the ER, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is definitely some um, side effects, unattended side effects, things like we see a lot of people in the ER who did things like roller skate in their kitchen, and there's oh not as much clearance it's to fall. <laughs> 100% me. So when I got these rollerblades, the first thing I did was go by my like my kitchen, which is probably like ten foot by like six foot, and just like go back and forth, and definitely fell a hundred times. That's why I moved into the laundry room because it was like a little actual room. Um, ugh, so crazy. But by by next year, I do expect to be um, semi pro, probably not pro, but semi pro. Perfect. I don't think I was ever a pro. I think I was always semi pro too. So it's fine. Yeah. I love roller derby though. It's so fucking cool to watch and the girls who do it are always so badass and like it's just one of those things that it's like eternally cool, you know? Agreed. Okay, well I think Oh, I have a bad echo, sorry. I have a bad echo too, but he's a puppy. Oh <laughs> bad jokes. I I actually think that roller derby they always say roller derby saved my soul. This is kind of a saying that goes with it. Yeah. And people, when they find roller derby and and they play, I, I think they're, they find a different piece of themselves that they didn't know they had, whether it was stress relief or whether it was exercise or whether that in their real life, they didn't have a lot of control or were timid. There is something super empowering about it and you know I I don't know how I, I actually feel like I did it because I knew people that were doing it and then somebody told me like you wouldn't be able to do that you're not you're not tough enough well game on you know like challenge taken and then I did it for 10 years that's I awesome. feel like it really offers a sense of community too I mean that's one of the things that has always struck me about roller derby is the camaraderie amongst the teams like the various teams it doesn't matter if you're like on the same team or not it's just sort of like afterwards it's all over and y'all party together and it's just kind of a cool community 
and I've made so many friends like all over the world just because of roller derby. And I think that's really cool. Right on. Do you still skate at all? I don't right now, but I still, I did sell one of my pairs of skates to a skater who was very up and coming, but just, just financially couldn't really afford to get a nicer pair of skates. And I was retired at that point. So I sold my favorite babies in the world to her at a cheap price so that she could continue on the legacy of roller derby. But I did keep a pair. Um, but as soon as I retired from roller derby, I decided to start running, which is strange. I don't know. And, uh, decided to start doing those like obstacle course mud races Mm -hmm. and so you know i I do skate occasionally but now i found lots of other things to do i I do miss it and as far as rollerblades i've done rollerblades before they are so hard compared to roller skates yeah it definitely there's a lot more pressure on um your shins uh there's it's it's different i mean i don't know i'm i'm pretty used to skating from hockey but Mm-hmm. Rollerblading is a little bit different. I feel like ice skating is definitely a little gentler. Um, for me, anyway, it was. Unlike, but then again, I was also, a, you know, a kid and a teenager, so everything's more fucking gentle then. Yeah. Aging, yeah. Yeah. No. So, uh, so all those nice things you said. Thank you. I have been so lucky and so happy to call you both my friends for a really long time. And um, I met you at a really cool point because I had just become a nurse. I was actually attacking the ER, working nights doing ER and trauma. And right at the time I met you was like right at the time I had just become a nurse or maybe I'd just becoming a nurse shortly before I met you. So it's pretty cool. Like you've actually known me um, through a lot of stuff and kissed a lot of toads and some breakups and lots of learning and um it's and cool lots I, of really fucking fun times oh my gosh I mean, yeah i'm thinking about i you know i ate breakfast at 2 3 a.m in the morning at denny's with jesus you know i'm just gonna throw that oh out. i forgot about that <laughs> so you know i mean yeah, you know, I like to I like to find the fun in life. That's all. Yeah. yeah. So how are you two? Have you have you two had a good week? Lori, please go first. Oh well, thank you. Uh, let's see. It was a kind of a challenging week, but I got a chance to sit at the table with the CEO and the CNO and my trauma medical director and tell them all you're not doing it right and you need to fix it now. And it was really empowering to be like, here's your numbers, here's your data. And I demand that you give me these things. And they said, yes. And it was like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So it's very cool having a brand new uh, level one trauma program and being in charge of it is a lot of stress, but it's like, it's great. Every once in a while you get a victory um, I'm hiring some new staff and they're really talented people. So I'm excited. So that's kind of, and, and then, uh, you know, all the other things that happen in life. So yeah, how, like, how wonderful it must be to do something that is so fucking important and fulfilling. And like, it's not even like that kind of trite, like, oh, I'm changing life. Like you're literally saving and changing lives. Like you're the architect of this system that is responsible for like, 
fixing these fucking horrific, horrible problems. And I think that's so brilliant. And I love that for you. I think that must be like such a cool, fulfilling feeling. And I'm sure like it does get day to day and it probably does feel a little like, oh, this, that, the other. But honestly, I look at it as like legit celebrity. Like it's so <laughs> incredible to me. No, I mean, I'm not even like trying to like fluff it up or whatever. I'm honestly so wildly impressed. And there's nothing in the world more exciting and to me, there's nothing in the world more exciting and interesting and important than medicine. And so awesome. So Lori, I want to echo what Nicole has said, but I also want to translate and tell you that I think what she's actually saying to you is that she will be your top assistant for any surgery that you ever want to perform ever. Yes. I love it. I love it. I feel like, um, you know, they don't let me do surgery. Just to be <laughs> honest, I can go into the surgeries, but um, I don't actually do the surgery. So just to be fair, I just want to put that out there. <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's okay. okay. I mean, her number one tool is super glue anyway so i don't know if that's quite the suture you need anyway so. uh, we call it derma bond in the er which is basically medical super glue so she is so on point thank you thank you evie so i have had so many injuries the last couple years where like one time i the the hood of my car like cracked my head so i had like a bit of a blood situation going on and I swear to God, I Googled and it was like basically super glue this little spot. And from there on out, I was, I super glue everything. Every injury I have, which ends up being kind of a lot, I fucking super glue. And knock on wood, it's worked so far. So. I'm uh, so going to buy you a gift. And that gift is amazing. And it's the thing that they use to teach nurse practitioners and PAs and physicians how to suture. Oh my God, don't even, I have tried to suture bananas so many fucking times. Oh yeah, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send you the beginner suture kit with the video, I'm into it. Uh, I just, it. yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, I, love it. I, I appreciate all of the nice things you're saying and I do want to just, I mean, I cannot go any further without saying this. Right now, the medical staff are like literally the superheroes of the world. And I know that people said it. I felt like for a minute, everybody was like, oh, yay, nurses. And then somehow, like, nurses were bad again. It didn't last long. But it's not just nurses. And I know that we've talked about this, like, together before. But it's everybody. It's respiratory therapists. Like, these people can't breathe. I mean, COVID has really hit Tucson very hard in the last, like, eight weeks and we're struggling and I, I know a lot of other places are too yeah so it's cool what i'm doing is really amazing and like you know some days i think what am i doing <laughs> am i qualified to do this but turns out i am so i'm okay but but what i've been seeing happen over the past couple of months is just extraordinary and so like again you know, I try to jump in and help as much as I can. I still do care at the bedside. I still, you know, I'm running this big program. I'm doing all these things. But frankly, like if you know anybody that works in healthcare, whether it's environmental services or dietary 
or the unit clerk or your tech or a respiratory therapist, not just nurses and the physicians and the nurse practitioners and PAs, please thank them because they're going through something. I've never seen anything like this in like the 20 some years I've been doing this total. This is unlike anything I've ever seen. I've never been really worried about what's going to happen like I've been worried in the last few months. So anyway, woo, that got deep. Let's carry on. Well, that's fair, though. I think that's fair. And thank you for saying that. I mean, fucking I mean, what is happening right now is completely insane and out of control and unprecedented. And I I'm terrified about what's to come because of the projections, you know, for after the holidays and all of the things. So thank you, Lori. Thank you. Honestly, this whole thing is, you know, I know what we're talking about today and we're talking about aging and all this other stuff. um, But like, I wouldn't mind bombarding you with like a kind of like quick, like fucking thank you. Thank you for everything you do. Thank you, Lori. yeah, thank my sister's a nurse. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, Lori. Thank you all. Like, honestly, you guys are the fucking heroes of this tragic ass situation. And thank you. Yeah. Um, I'm humbled and thank you. So let's let's talk stuff. What do you want yeah, to talk about? Let's, talk. <laughs> let's get to Take it. a minute and we'll talk some stuff. Moving on again to the topic of aging. Uh, if you guys didn't turn it, tune in last week, tune in, you know, stop right now, listen to last week's because it's kind of a two-parter. Um, and again, we have Lori here with us to talk about like just the aging in general and some of the fun and not so fun things about it. Um, so yeah, Lori, if you would like to start tonight. I want to talk about gray hair. Okay. How, how much gray hair? Do you have at this point? Are you uh, talking well, about gray hair in terms of on my head? Are you talking about gray hair in terms of undyed? I, I just want to know, like, are you going gray? Are you going gray? I mean, if you found gray pubes, let's talk about the day that one happens and you're like, what? But I was okay. talking about your hair on your head initially. Okay. So I started turning gray when I was 18. Joey motherfucking Regali found it. We were sitting in a lifeguard chair at Schoonover Pool, and he was like, what's this? And I was like, what are you talking about? And it was a motherfucking gray hair. So I've been gray since I was 18, and I'm probably 100% white at this point. I mean, because I never went gray, I went white. Um... But I dye my hair religiously. So my roots right now are showing. But outside of that, I've got no gray hairs on my head except for my roots, which means every fucking hair on my head. All right. Nicole? Um, well, like, I don't know. I started feeling like Anderson Cooper for a minute because I thought I was, like, getting the grays on the, like, sides, like a silver fox. Oh. Um, but I think it was actually the way I was doing my makeup, which is a whole other story. I feel like I do have them now and then, but like literally I just, I dyed my hair blue pretty recently and it's yeah. been so many colors for so long. I wouldn't even know, but I imagine if I just completely left it, it'd probably be like, 
There'd be a few for sure. So you so, definitely have gray hairs though. I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know that I've actually really seen one on my head, but I feel like I would. Okay. What about you, Lori? Well, so I've started to go gray, but I used to dye my hair religiously. And I decided in 2019 that that was going to be the year of the perm because I was totally into the year of the perm. It was kind of a weird experiment Mm -hmm. Uh, because my hair is not straight and it is curly, but it's not like nice, beautiful, tight curls. Um, So I decided to do that. But with that, they said, well, you can dye your hair or you can do a perm. But if you want to keep it healthy, you can't really do both. So I'm seeing my natural hair color for the first time. It's no longer red. It's actually really dark brown. And just over the past six months, all of a sudden, I'm like going gray. And I wasn't before, maybe because I was dying, but I am starting to see them. And I I just find that interesting. Now, I am starting to have some body hairs that are going gray. So that's a that's another that's another nightmare we won't quite get into. Um, That is a nightmare. Listen, I found a gray pube a couple of months ago. And I intentionally pluck it whenever I can because I'm not willing to have it. <laughs> you know what's so cool, though? My wife is just her her 47th birthday is Friday. And she is very gray. She's gotten very gray over the past year, maybe a year and a half. And she loves it I mean she doesn't mind it she doesn't seem to be bothered at all by it Uh, I think it's very interesting I I don't know how to feel about it I actually think women who have gray hair are really sexy and really beautiful and so you know it's it's that thing you said Nicole where like you worry about things on yourself more than you worry about others 100% And so you see it on other people and you're like, right on, sister, I'm standing with you. And then when you see the gray hair, you kind of freak out like, ooh, what was that? You know, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's 100% how I feel about it. I mean, listen, I I partially regret starting to dye my hair when I was 12 years old because it's like I've never had a fucking break because I started going gray at 18, right? So, and and I didn't get that cool kind of like, you know, uh, Susan Sontag, like streak or, you know, anything like that. I just, it's just kind of weird and white and salt and pepper in weird spots. You know what I mean? Like kind of everywhere. And it's, it's gotten kinkier as I've gotten older. That's the other thing. Like my hair was never really straight, (laughs) but, uh, it's gotten kinkier as, I've gotten older, so it it definitely has a lot more body to it, I think, than when I was younger. Well, and the, and the gray hairs are white, are a different like texture. Yeah, you, yeah, it's it's kind of different. I mean, that's the one thing I notice, like the texture of the hairs as they're graying, they're just different, and I and I find that fascinating. That you know, that it's not just that the color changed, but like the texture. And like right. you said, your hair used to be straighter, but now it's it's a different texture because of this. Right. I mean, so it's like I have like the texture. I have the texture hair of like my grandmother on my dad's side, whereas mm. my sister has more the textured hair of like on my mom's side. So my sister has so I have like thick, thick, coarse hair and my sister has 
thin, thick, fine hair. Hmm. Which is super, like, confusing and all of these things. But, like, so she's got, like, more fine hair. But as her hair starts to gray, she's noticing it growing in more coarse. And she's starting to get a little bit more kink in her hair, too, in weird spots, you know? Yeah. So, Nicole. Look forward to ladies. And uh, you were talking about um, maybe wanting to get a perm. Tell us about your perm dreams for 2021. Okay, well, so I had a. A uh, perm when I was younger. Again, I will post a picture on Instagram. Um, I found this awesome picture with me, the spiral perm and a parrot, which I don't, I mean, can you get better than that? A spiral perm no, and a parrot? You and cannot. Wearing, yeah, I'm wearing like a, a Florida t-shirt. Like, it's just, it's amazing. But, um, so my nephew, both of my nephews got a perm this year. And it's just been kind of all the rage. Now, I do have probably naturally curly-ish hair um most of the time I put it in a hat and so it's just a big fat mess but uh I would love to like tend to it a little more like I've learned so many tricks on TikTok about like how they have like naturally beautiful curly hair I mean I haven't stuck to it but so I was like perm just get a perm and I have looked into it a little bit biggest problem I have found is that like if you do the perm and it doesn't take well I guess it kind of like fucks up your hair for a minute which to me honestly doesn't bother me because I, I literally cut my hair off all the time I should not even own scissors considering the fact that I will cut my hair off myself like I have no problems with that whatsoever yeah but, um, I have the same issue and I have a shaver and that's dangerous I actually I thank god I don't have one because I I actually cut all of my hair off about a month ago it was it was way past like my bra strap like it was pretty long and I cut it up to my shoulders just on a just on a whim um, so if I had a shaver, I'm, I'm not sure what would happen, but, uh, you know, well, I've got one if you ever need to borrow it, Nicole. Well, fuck, you know, now I probably will end up shaving it off. But, um, yeah, I mean, I really, really do want, like, I think a perm would be so dope at this point. It's just, and it's also not as easy to find. Like, I feel like perms were definitely more common when I was young, like a child. And now there's not as many people doing perms. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's coming back. I think you're going to find somebody. Because when I was here in Tucson in the very beginning of 2019, I found a person and he was like, he looked like Jose Iber, you know, and I'm sure he was like smoking while he was rolling white curls, but he was a perm specialist. He doesn't do color. He's not even into cutting. He just did perms. I love that. Oh, I would love like. You know it's coming back. You know it is. Everything comes back. In the 80s have been back for a minute now. The perms mm. have gotten back soon. I, Listen. 80s fine I'm all about the fucking 90s I definitely have pants that I cut the bottoms off and so at this point I basically have to tight roll them um yeah I have some weird ass butt-up shirts I'm big fan of turtlenecks undershirts now oh yes yes and I mean a perm listen this is me middle school high school we talk about a perm turtleneck under a button-up shirt um yeah like tight roll pants and maybe like I mean I wouldn't say like my the shoe style has come back as much but I still I I rock all 90 style that I can so okay so but this begs the question right uh in terms of dressing your age oh you know I saw this thing recently you know I mean I've seen a lot of things throughout my lifetime like I remember I don't know, I might have been 20 when I saw this thing that was like, 
Women under 25 should never wear mascara on their lower lashes, right? And then, you know, so it's like when I turned 25, for some reason, this fact stuck with me. And at for sure. 25, I was like, okay, so now I need to start wearing mascara on my lower lashes. And then one of those like shows where it was like, women over 35 should never show their uh, cleavage. And at that point, I was already over 35. And I was like, fuck that. I've got kick-ass cleavage. I'm showing it whenever and wherever I fucking feel like it because my cleavage rules. Yeah, you do. But it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, there are so many rules set up for us ladies about, you know, when you should and when you shouldn't wear these things or do these things because you're too old and you're not you know, being respectable for your age or dressing your age, you know, like, what do you think that? Well, what I've learned, if there is anything in the entire world that is like stressful and annoying is this idea, especially, especially considering social media now where you're actually getting like inundated with these comments and like these ideas of everything. Everybody has a a comment and it can talk about, you know, how, especially women are subjected to it. Not, I mean, some men are, but mostly women are subjected about what they should and what they shouldn't do, how they should and shouldn't look for their age. I have learned considering my age, and this was like kind of moving into this age. Like I, I don't want to say I look young because I don't, I feel like that kind of makes it out. Like there's something wrong with looking my age. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but like I, I literally, have to remind myself to just fucking like what I like as opposed to like, you know, in my head where I'm thinking, Oh my God, am I too old for this? Like it is a conversation I have to have daily with myself, maybe even hourly with myself that I actually can just like what I like and do what I do and dress how I dress and all of that stuff. And it doesn't fucking matter how old I am, but it is, it is physical mental work that I have to do with myself because it's so fucking stressful. I'm constantly sitting here thinking and like, oh, should I not dress like this? Should I not like this? Should I not act like this? And then I have to remind myself like, fuck it. Who cares? Like everything is, it just is what it is. And you should be who you want to be. And I mean, it, it, I mean, that shows up in my life a hundred times a day. It's stressful, but I do, I am on the side of like reminding myself like, no, fuck it. Like I, I am going to just like what I like, dress how I dress, be who I want to be. And it just is what it is. But yeah, it's fucking stressful. It's a weird conversation. Well, in the age thing, also we have to talk about like body shape and size too. People love to tell women you should dress a certain way because it's more appropriate. And what about your age? And what about your size? You know, if you don't like it, don't look. And that's just the fact. I don't know what I'm supposed to my age. I don't I don't feel old at all. And And I don't care if I'm 85 or 15. You don't have a right to tell me what I should or shouldn't wear. You know, I I do. I mean, maybe in the workplace where, you know, they're like that. I think that's appropriate. Like in workplace, maybe don't wear the slit up to your cooch and maybe just don't show your full rack. Right. But, you know, I, I do think that that is a, a thing. So if I had to dress for my age and how I feel, I mean, I, what, what have you, I don't even know where to go to that store. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I think it's like Chico's and J. Jill. I think those are the stores for our age group. I don't know what that is. I mean, I do, but I mean, I also have never bought one thing in my life there, and nor do I have any intentions, Same. nothing against them, but it's just not my style. Same. It's just not, you know? Yeah, no, so. I agree, Lori. I mean, a couple of years ago, like, my dad got me a gift card for J. Jill, and I, I called my mom up, and I was, like, cracking up about it. You know, I was like, Mom, how long have you known me? And she said, well, darling, I'd say I've known you all your life. And I said... And in what year do you think I would have ever shopped at J. Jill? And she said, well, never, darling. And I said, can I sell you this gift card? And she took it, you know? I mean, she was glad to have it. But it was definitely one of those situations where I was like, I would never, like, I don't I don't even want one of their turtlenecks. Like, I'm good. It's an overpriced right. turtleneck. I can get something like that at Old Navy. Fine. I'm good. Right. And I think that if the clothes that you wear make you feel good about who you are, then if J. Jill is your store, go do it. They make great I clothes. Think. That's just not that's just not who I am. And and I also feel like, you know, when I have to dress professional, I do wear I do wear suits when I have to go into big meetings and things like that. But I've been wearing scrubs for 20 some years. So, you know, I'm used to I'm used to wearing scrubs all the time. And in my personal life, I'm an athleisure wear all the way. You know, yoga pants is a thing. I don't care if I have a big fat ass. Don't look at it if you don't like it. You know, my favorite of clothing right now is called a swoverall. And if you haven't seen that, look it up. It's called swoverall sweatpants overalls. They're 100 percent sweatpants and they're overalls and they're awesome. That's my favorite <laughs> piece of clothing in the universe right now. Uh, I, I mean, it's like I look a little stylish, but I'm also in my sweatpants. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Well, I think it's good. I mean, I think anybody that's listening, you know, again, we've been programmed. And and I don't think that men, so if there's a man listening, if maybe you could chime in and give us your feedback of what you think. And maybe yours is more about the physical appearance of like your hair or your glasses or like, you know, your shoes, whatever. But I feel like as women, we have been told for years, it, it starts when we're little girls, what's appropriate. Yeah. And I think... Who the hell are you to decide what's appropriate for me? And I'm old and I am happy that I'm getting old. I have never been more mentally in the greatest place of my life because I don't care what you think anymore. I just don't. You know, you know, it, that, it actually reminds me. I had a friend in law school who was the oldest person in our law school class. And. Uh, I think when she entered, she was 52 years old. She was from another country. She was a survivor of domestic violence. She had come here, like, seeking asylum from domestic violence. Um, and she was just this really fucking rad woman, you know? And whenever anybody would say to her, oh, so-and-so, you don't look 52, or whatever her age was at the time as we went through law school, she would literally get mad. What do you mean I don't look at my age? I'm, I'm, of course my age. I've earned every single gray hair on my head. I've earned every single wrinkle. I don't know what you mean I don't look my age. She 
literally took it as an insult. So I think it's interesting because I think that it can also be a cultural thing in terms of, you know, looking your age and, and, and wanting to, you know, embrace age versus not embrace age. And I think that we particularly live in a youth obsessed culture where, you know, we're taught that, you know, after a certain age, you kind of disappear. And then after that age, you kind of become a man and you're just kind of useless in, in terms of your, your sexual value in society. And I think that that's also like folly, but I think it's, it's kind of interesting to think about it in terms of other cultures too, you know? Like the backhanded comment, you look good for your age. Um, well, actually, I, I look good. That's it. The, the stop. Or stop. I look good. Thank you. You know, my age has nothing to do with it. That's totally fair. But, I mean, like what she objected to was you don't look your age, right? So it's like, ah, no, I do look my age, bitch. I have earned everything. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. And, again, if you have um, any... Um, uh, male listeners that would like to comment on, I would love to hear the feedback of like, because I do think it's a different type of what's appropriate that as children, boys get versus girls. And I think that that's a very interesting concept that we carry through the rest of our life. For sure. So. Yeah, I and, yeah, and that also plays into people people who are trans and non-binary too. Like absolutely, the that they get that are like that have got to be like so fucking confusing and hard to reconcile in terms of like coming to terms with all of the things, right? Absolutely, and that's I think you know I think that that what we're seeing right now is revolutionary, which is I don't really have to fit any of your boxes. There is not a box for me. I'm happy. I'm Lori. This is me. You know, I think that that's a, I think that's the profound place to be. And I think when we talk about um, people who are transgender, people who are non-binary, it's like, again, I look good. Thank you. Stop. Not for a, not for, because not you look good. Thank you. And if you don't like it, move along and keep your comments to yourself. Yeah, exactly. Amen to that, my sister. I mean, yes. I think it's kind of incredible, but you, you really hit the head of the nail, whatever that expression is, um, nail on the head. No, fuck yes, it. That's yeah. I hit the nail on the head. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Um, but like, it's you don't want to hit the ha- head on the nail. That would be really fucking painful. Well, whatever. It's amazing to, that it is revolutionary to just feel fucking okay with yourself. Like, why is this a conversation? Why are we struggling? And it is, again, like this whole idea of like, oh, you look really great for your age. You're this, you're that, the other. Like, what box? Why does it have to be something? I mean, I, you know, I think it is, it's fair to admit that things have changed in like the last 20 years. Not about looks, but about expectations uh, as far as age goes, you know kind of maybe your trajectory in life and I feel like this doesn't ring as true for queer people but like in general people having babies at later age you know maybe not getting married right away maybe not getting married at all you know like it's not it it isn't what it is so I do understand coming from that context like wow like uh you look 
great for this or you're doing that, you know, like it, cause it, it has actually changed, but just the whole idea of like what people should look like at a certain age or dress like. we were programmed since we were kids. Like, you know what I mean? Fucking oppressive and it's exhausting. Yes. And it's honestly the worst part about aging. Like, I mean, aside from the fact that like I randomly threw my back out a few times, which is horrifying. Um, <laughs> the worst part <laughs> has been this idea of like, like, hearing I can't like not constantly that sounds makes me sound like a douche but like hearing like oh my god you look so young for your age but it's one of those weird ass backhanded compliments where you're like okay thanks well, Wait, what? what's even weirder though is my reaction to those comments right is that I am complimented by it a hundred percent no I'm listen listen I'm I'm, I'm gonna own that I am gonna own that a hundred percent that I want to say right now like my my first feeling my my in my feeling right now just to be as honest as I can with this podcast which I try to be is that I want to say like oh I look really young for my age you know like I, I you know I feel that I hear that and I still own that as it's as if it's like being like being my age is shameful and that's right. such a really fucking hard thing to reconcile because I still feel it like it I do I mean I hear it all the time, all the time. And I'm always like, oh, thank you. And I'm never offended. And I don't even think the people that say that, I don't even think, like, I think people are offensive all the time. I think people are such douchebags and they're awful and blah, blah, blah. But I really think that we are so programmed to say that and think that, especially about women, that it's not a, like, offensive thing because we just haven't gotten past that point. Like, yeah, I do. I feel like I look young for my age and I feel that's a good thing but I hate the fact that I feel that way yeah and I feel like I have aged and I can see that I have aged and it's just taken me a lot of work to get to the place where like I go to work and I don't wear makeup 99% of the time I'm a nurse it's gross I sweat yeah I have to like burn my clothes when I come home and, you know, I mean, to be totally honest with you, like as you age, some things start to happen and, you know, my skin's just not, it's just not like it used to be, but I actually am totally okay with it. It just took me looking in the mirror and saying like, you know, I'm happy. I'm doing this kick-ass job. I'm like in control of my life in a way that I had never been when I was younger and so for all of the things that we said bad about aging before, I want to speak up right now and say, 49 is amazing. And I'm about to turn 50. And this is amazing. I am, I am emotionally at like a, a good place where I've just come to terms with stuff. I've gained 25 or 30 pounds. And you know what? Here's the thing. I just bought bigger pants. Now, at some point, you got to stop buying bigger pants. But I also was like, I I'm not trying to impress anybody else. Like, yeah. I'm happy with who I am. My hormones are raging. They're all over the place. I'm trying to just get through and live every day and be happy. And the last thing I need to do is be my enemy. And oh, I'm my worst enemy of all of them. That's like amazing to hear. I mean, that's like, I have to be honest. I mean, my biggest problem with aging so far has been my skin. Like I've always had, like, no matter what, all the other problems I've had, and there's been a bajillion insecurities, 
my skin has always been fucking good. And then for some ass reason, the last couple of years, my skin got not so good and I did not understand it. And so, I mean, it's not just like a, like it has been my biggest insecurity. Of course, also like looking in your fucking car mirror, like we talked about this before. Yeah. God, the mirror of shame. Yeah. Oh the my God. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, it's, oh, I've never ever thought about, aging until the last couple years where I'm like oh my god things are happening things are falling apart things are sagging things are aging mm-hmm. things are this things are that like and then I also I want to I'm not at the point yet but I want to get to the point to be like good with all you know like it's part of life well you know okay so you know when I was young when I was in my 20s and I was working at this breakfast, lunch, restaurant, serving. Um, There was this woman who came in every single day around lunchtime. Usually she would have an early lunch and she was, I, I have no idea, but I would guess probably like in her seventies or eighties for that time period. I mean, she looked like a fancy Betty white, you know what I'm saying? Like she was, you know, the white haired, blue haired, purple haired old lady with her fancy little dress on, not dress, but, you know, like little suit dress, like, and her little matching hat and her makeup was done to a T. And I mean, she just beautiful. Right. And I always, you know, I, I didn't know much about her, but I had this whole story about her in my head, right. That she was a widow who had lost her partner and insisted on getting up every day and making herself up to feel, you know, like she had something to do and somewhere to go and coming to the restaurant. Right. And that was, that was like her big outing for the day. Now, probably pretty fucking, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't feel like I'm giving her enough credit, you know, 20 years later when I'm thinking back on it. But at the time that was sort of my fantasy of her. Right. And my whole thought process when looking at her and and dealing with her was always like, well, this is how I'm going to be as an old lady, right? I'm going to continue to do those things, right? Like my makeup and make myself feel good about putting on the outfit that I'm putting on and, and the clothes that I'm wearing and whatever that means, that's, that's what I'm going to continue to do throughout my life. And... The truth is, is that, you know, I mean, sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. <laughs> I, you know what? I do love makeup, though. Like, I haven't got to the point to where, I mean, I obviously sometimes at work and stuff, especially wearing a mask, like I go without it. But like, yeah, I, I still do the makeup. I mean, it's, and I don't know, maybe it is part of me that's like, oh, it's maybe like a youth driven thing. But I also just like feel better in it, it especially now, <laughs> considering the, like, whole quarantine that I haven't been social or done anything like that, like, doing makeup is kind of this, like, exciting thing to me. I don't know. No, it totally is. I I agree with you. It's just, it's one of those things that I kind of look back on and think of myself as, like, being kind of young and naive in my thought process around who she was. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, the truth is, is as I get older like my priorities have changed a little bit in terms of like what feels good and what maybe makes me feel good in that moment. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I, I think about things like um, the show Grace and Frankie, <clears throat> and you look at Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda side by side. Yeah. And they have a totally different approach to their appearance with, with their aging. But yet they're both very badass. And I look at Lily Tomlin as like a personal hero. I look at people like Susan Sarandon or, you know, I, I look at those women and to me, I feel like they are beautiful and stylish and they're owning it. And that is sexier than anything I've ever seen in my life. That is sexy. Sexy is when you get old enough that you just own it and nobody else gets to own it for you. I love that. that. Yeah. I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, yeah. the thing is, there's going to be some people that are a little more prim and proper and like more like I do my makeup and I, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you've got the Lily Tomlins of the world that are like, don't like it. Don't look, I, I'm not here to make it up for you. Whatever the way you go at it is perfectly okay. If it makes you feel good to put on makeup and go out the door and it makes you feel powerful, like do it. I think yeah. that's amazing. If it, if you're like me where you're just like, you know what, I'm so happy that I could roll out of bed pin my hair up and run out the door. And I don't really care what you think. You know, I mean, it, it goes both ways. Like when I want to, you know, feel very powerful, I actually attach, I attach everything for me with a scent. So when I smell good, I feel good. Oh, and I love that. Yeah. And it's not as much about the makeup or the hair or the outfit. When I smell good, I feel good. And so that, you know, like whatever your thing that you attach to what makes you feel powerful or good is really important to, to get. Um, you know, one of the things that makes me feel powerful and good is boots. And oh, yeah. really hard at home all the time because I'm in my slippers. <laughs> Interesting. But, you know, if you had to do something that was like a by webinar, and you want to feel like you're really like powerful and in control then put on your boots. Yeah, for sure. I just don't. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm interested in uh, carrying this, like actually kind of circling back to all this, like talking about like um, sex, I guess. Like it's fucking like that point in that place where you are, who you are, how comfortable you are, how you feel and in, in aging and like sexuality. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk Ooh, about sex. That was amazing. <laughs> okay, so funny story. That album of Salt and Pepper got me through a really rough patch when I was having to cycle up the mountains of Greece, particularly Crete, which was a fucking gigantic ass mountain and it sucked to have to cycle it. And you know what? That album got me to the top of the mountain. I well, love that. That's really inspirational. <laughs> um, yeah, I do like that, that album. Uh, I, one of the books that I read like every other day that I usually go to bed with, they that song is like in the book and they talk about it, so it always kind of reminds me of that part, which is kind of funny. But other than that, like Salt and Pepper, they're dope. Like it's a good band. Lori, 
I love everything about it. I actually really love to hear the stuff that like gives you inspiration and pushes you forward, whatever place it is. So whatever but, place it is, not sexually yeah. though. I don't think I've ever got it into that song. Like, you don't want me to push it sexually with you, Nicole. That's really weird. Well, I didn't say that. Number one, number two, the fact that you just said that means that you obviously want to push it forward with me sexually. Number three means that you're obviously in love with me. Number four means that you should talk to Amos about that right now because I don't know if we can go any further. <laughs> I just um, feel like salt and pepper push it was like roller rink high school, junior high business for me. It just yeah, I mean, it's a good song, but it also just maybe goes back to, like, not the greatest time in my life. But I feel like everybody finds that inspiration, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I wanna, let's push it with sex. Let's do it. All right. I love this. So when we get older, I I feel like sex has a different thing. We I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you want to chime in here but sex is different for me at 49 than it even was when I was 45 really it has has changed and so a lot of people say that their sex drive gets big and crazy and out of control and they have the best sex of their life and I will tell you that I honestly feel like you know as I got older and got confident and wasn't afraid to like you know, how I looked, how I sounded, if I peed a little, I didn't care. Once we got past that boundary, sex became a really great thing. But as I've aged a little bit now, again, I'm going through, you know, like I'm in menopause. I had a hysterectomy, which the hysterectomy did not change how good or bad sex was for me at all. So just want to put that out there for anybody that's worried. But I think I have a level of intimacy with my wife that's so close, so strong, that I don't feel like sex is as important as it was when we were first getting to know each other and we were first really like, we really, you know, we connected on a lot of levels and that was really important. But like, I feel like sex is it's a good thing, but also like, it's not as necessary. Or, I mean, I feel like our intimacy level is so close that I don't feel like maybe it's as important as I used to think it was. Okay. So I'm going to chime in here really quick. Um, a couple of things like a, a bunch of years ago in a former job, uh, I went to an LGBTQ elders sort of workshop. Right. And it was sort of a weekend long event and it was all of these different sort of workshops that happened. And one of them was geared around uh, being LGBTQ, being an LGBTQ elder. Right. Like a senior and sex and what sex looks like as an older person and, you know, as a single older person. Right. And one of the things that really struck me about that session was exactly kind of what you touched on there, Lori, is how much more it is about intimacy than it is about, like, kind of getting your rocks off, per se. Um, 
how it's it's a much more connected feeling as you get older. Um, and so I think that that's, that's an interesting thing. And I think that, like, the other thing that I kind of just wanted to, like, interject and say is that, like, I agree with you. Like, I mean, my desire has probably waned as I've gotten older. But, like, the quality of sex has just improved. So it sort of seems a little bit backwards in the sense that, like, the quality of sex that I'm having with my partner is like super fucking out of this world and I should want it all of the time. And in theory I do, right? Like I would not mind feeling that way all the fucking time, but like it's in terms of like, I guess priority in my life in terms of like, the gratification is less important and the intimacy becomes more important. Yeah. Interesting. Um, well, I mean, I don't, I'm, in, I'm in such a different position in so many ways right now that I don't know what I can contribute to this conversation, this part. Um, I haven't been in like a, that kind of serious relationship in a long time, which is funny because I was always in a long-term serious relationship, but I haven't been in a long time. Um, but sort of know where to go with this uh, and what to say, but I, I'm so interested because I think it's really interesting to see, you know, lesbian sex is like, and I, I'm saying that I'm generalizing a little bit. I don't mean to identify either of you or how you identify. So I don't mean that. Um, but overall, it's just that kind of, queer intimacy or lesbian sex is this there's just like this kind of there's so many terms that like circle above these scary terms like lesbian bed death and blah 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 and so I'm really interested to see like what you know like I love that like what you're saying Evie like how it's maybe you know maybe it's not like as frequent but the quality is quality over quantity if you will yeah yeah I, I would like to just kind of note that, like, lesbian bed death is just sort of one of those things, like, white people can't dance that drives me fucking nuts. Okay. Just because it sort of feels like one of those things that you, that when you are going through something, you know, it's like, I don't feel like I'm a great dancer, and I'm a white person, and so white people can't dance, right? So, well, like, yeah. You know, but at the same time, so that can be a roadblock, a barrier, you know, that can be a yeah. thing that you put through in your head, like, oh, white people can't dance, so you shouldn't fucking dance because it's just fucking embarrassing. It's like, ah, no, I have fucking fun when I do it, and I don't give a fuck what you think at this point in my life, right? And so that is one benefit of age in that respect. But sort of the same thing with lesbian bad death. It's just sort of like, mm, uh. Is this something that is a self-fulfilling prophecy because we fucking, like, parrot this thing over and over and over again? Or is it, you know, I mean, like, is it based on, like, actual facts of, like... I love that. No, that's, like, that's so smart. Like, I mean, again, I, like, I'm not in the exact same position, but, like, being intimate myself or whatever, like, it's amazing at this point. Like, I feel, I do feel pretty comfortable and, like, confident in my own skin, um, you know, aside from like the few 
things that have happened in the last like year or so that made me kind of like awkward but like other than that like oh I feel like sex is so different and it's such a more in such a more comfortable place and it's not as idealistic and rushed in some ways it's more like it is what it is and I think that stems from so such a deeper place and that's where like I have worked very 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 hard on being okay with myself on like several different aspects you know what I mean like it's not like that came with age that really came with age I am not just operating like I'm not an operating ball of fucking insecurity like I have thought and like I've learned about myself and I'm happy with myself in a lot of ways and stuff so as an extension like having sex or being intimate with somebody has been really like nice because I do feel really good about myself internally physically it's a little complicated but you know, like just internally, I feel good. Yeah. And honestly, so for your age, I will tell you that that was to me, like, I, I feel like when I was your age, I really was at the part where I finally, like, I just didn't care anymore. Like, again, I don't want to say like, I'm completely there, but I'm so close to being there. Like I am so, I mean, they're like, Again, physically, there are things like having that surgery this year made these like really weird scars and it's like kind of uncomfortable and physically uncomfortable. So I've been like navigating that. But aside from that, I feel so fucking good just about myself in general because I have and not that I'm more confident for a reason. I'm confident like internally, like I'm just like I'm just good with myself. You know, I really have adapted this whole like it is what it is sort of attitude. Mm-hmm. And if you're in my life. That's awesome and lucky for you because I'm actually kind of fucking like brilliant and fun and great. And if not, okay, maybe I'm not your cup of tea. You know what I mean? Like I, it took a long time to get there, but I feel like I've, I'm at least most like getting there. I won't say I'm entirely there. I'm not entirely confident, but I'm getting there. And it is such a fucking filling experience and so good in that way. Like anytime I'm intimate, I'm like, this is awesome. I actually have a lot to offer. Like, I don't know. Right. And I don't want to like try to suck it in or, you know, be afraid that you don't like how I like it. Like I am like, we're, we're going there. Like with that comes this whole like other level of respect for the other person. Like to me, something that became really important. um, And I mean, not that it wasn't before, but maybe it wasn't something considered as much, but was like, consent and not that I would ever do anything even before without somebody's consent but now Mm -hmm. at this point consent is so important I want to have these like open conversations like when I'm intimate with somebody like do you enjoy this like I am okay with you saying you don't you know it doesn't have to be like this isn't about me right now if we're like focusing on you (laughs) like do you is this do you like this because if you don't fucking don't waste your time like I'm good I'm not gonna waste my time don't waste yours like consent all of these really fucking cool things have like come about the last couple years that I'm really like now I bring to the table and I it makes me really comfortable with myself in that way that's awesome and I feel like what you were hitting on is so important which is what I like and what my partner likes are different and Mm -hmm. and yeah, it really, you know, turns us both on to turn each other on. So that that's really good. Um, and again, you know, as as we've, you know, just 
we're very tight. Like my wife and I are kind of a little unit. It's kind of creepy, but it's also really awesome. But, you know, like we're okay with, I got to work in the morning and I'm tired and, you know, like we don't feel like we've missed out on anything, you know? So, you know, it's, it's just kind of one of those things, you know, like when it is, and when it isn't, it, there's not even weirdness. And really at the time, like around the time when I had my hysterectomy, And at the time I just had gained some weight. I just didn't feel good. Like I was having like a lot of like kind of pelvic pain. And I really just kind of had to say like, I couldn't love you more or want to be with you more every day, but like, I'm just not feeling it right now. And I need you to know it's not like rejection. It's just where I'm physically and emotionally at right now. And she was amazing with it. Like, you know, just to know that I was kind of going through this change of my body, um, you know, and with that, just, that was just a lot, you know, and the hormones change, everything changed after I had my hysterectomy and it just, you know, it's, it's been a a different prospect to be like, I had this big change, kind of like your surgery, you've had a change to your body kind of changes the way you feel a little bit. But it's that consent that you're talking about that's so incredibly important. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's what it really came down to is like that. I mean, like, again, physically, my surgery was like, I, I'm sure it was it hysterectomy. I imagine there's probably some maybe deeper implications, not for everybody, but for some people. This was a basic humdrum fucking surgery. But mostly it's just because it's so disgusting. But I have this one little, this one spot that like was like the incision spot that like, feel like i i did something and damaged it so like bleed and it was gross and yada yada well regardless i just there's like weird things you know and so it made me like think about that but that's been my biggest insecurity and other than that like just being intimate with anybody or anything like that like i'm coming from a really like confident place and with that came this idea of like it's just so important to me that the other person is enjoying themselves because yeah i mean And maybe that does come with age. Like, sex is important, but it's also supposed to be fucking fun and good and not so it's not obligatory and it doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, Evie is awesome for bringing up the whole problems with like lesbian death, bed, bed death or whatever. Yeah. 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 Because then it like kind of puts you like back to this corner of like, oh, we have to have sex. We should be having sex or there's a problem. And that's not what sex is supposed to be, you know? And I feel like I'm getting into the point in my life where I'm figuring all this out and intimacy is actually this like really enjoyable. And I, I, I would not want to be any place else. Like I love, that is one of the most amazing parts of like aging. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, I want to actually ask Lori and if this is too personal, it's totally okay. Yeah. Although I- think it's going to be because I don't know that there is too personal with Lori um because you're just such a straight shooter um but like do you think that your level of comfort in terms of like everything that you that you've described do you think that has to do with like the length of time that you've been together in a relationship and the comfort level therein, or do you think it's more about like your age? Like, or do you think maybe it's a combination of both? It's a hundred percent a combination of both, but I will say that a big piece of this came with my age um, and getting to the part where I wasn't afraid to ask for what I needed. 
And I wasn't afraid to ask the person, you know, that, that clear communication definitely was, you know, as I aged, you know, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of us have had bad sex. And when I say bad sex, I mean bad sex. Yeah. And you don't really look the person in the face and be like, that was awful. You know, you're like, oh, thank you. You know, great. Going to go to the bathroom. I probably will leave. And, you know, but, <clears throat> but it, I think it's important that it's not that the sex was bad. It's that you didn't get what you needed out of it. And being willing to ask for what you need and get it is huge. And, you know, everybody has sex different, you know, everybody is into different things. And, you know, for me, I know that some people have judged me for the way that I like to have sex. And um, I just feel like I don't have time for that. Like, I don't have time for that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to be embarrassed that, you know, this is what makes me feel good. You know, right. I think literally like women who are like, you know, if you like penetration, you like men. Actually, not at all. But thanks for asking. Thanks for playing. You can leave now. Date's over. Yeah. Get out. You know? That is absolutely insane that there's this idea that if you like penetration, then you want to be with a man. Like it's. And also, if you don't like like penetration, that like you're not attracted to me because that's not it either. But I also feel like that that's like a stigma that's really put on butch women a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you like penetration, then mm, maybe there's a problem. Actually, feminine as well. I mean. Yeah. It's across the board. I just I feel like when you get past that part even if it's a person that's your first time partner that you're going to have sex with. I mean, the facts are like, you know, if you don't communicate what your needs are, what you like, what they like, it's just, it's awkward and it's not that great. And as you age, you just naturally don't have as much lubricant. So it does not mean, and I'm, if you're out there, take some notes, here you go. Get your pencils, ladies. Got him. As you age, you just aren't as lubricated out of the gate and for the long game. Getting and needing lube doesn't mean you're not enjoying it. And so a person that you're with, if you're with a person who is dry as the desert, well, you know what? That happens with hormones. So please, lubrication is your friend. Buy a good lube. Buy one that doesn't make them have any infections. But don't for one minute ever put it on yourself that like I didn't please you because they weren't wet or I needed to use lube over and over. That is absolutely just not an indication. And I really can't say that enough. That was a huge stumbling point for me where like at some age, I just, I just don't make as much natural lubrication, very much enjoy it. It just becomes painful if I don't. Right. No, that's so smart. And like, can I actually also interject that like, if you're using like supplements, like dildos and things that like make sure that the lubricant matches the dildo, because the lubricant can eat away at the dildo and that can be problematic in and of itself. 
Yes. So make sure that you're using the right lubricant for the materials that you're using. 100%. Um, that's interesting. I did not know that, but <laughs> look into that. Um, I don't, I, I feel like we need to move past just can like any kind of sexual interest in somebody judging anything about them because of it. Like, I mean, you know, if, regardless of what somebody likes, trying to like ascertain their sexuality based on something that they might like with you. Like I'm, excuse me. So like me being sexually intimate with a woman if she likes penetration or that they, they, aside from the fact that thinking like oh she likes this with me thinking about like oh well then she's straight or she's this like those are that's so fucking toxic like for myself because you know I mean I I feel like I've definitely moved past this and grown up quite a bit but like even younger years thinking like oh penetration means she likes men or you know and it's, it's been a long time since I've even thought that way but like I feel like we really, really need to, like, move past that stuff. Like, sex is so personal and interesting and different for each person. And if they are, like, trusting you enough with telling you what they like and what they want, I feel like that's, a like, a pretty, like, a great level of intimacy to reach with somebody. And, you know, own it. It's not, you know, and I mean, so, like, and even if they do like sex with men or they do whatever, like, Biphobia, all that shit's gross anyway. Like, just sex with your partner is with your partner at that point right there with that time. Like, I I don't know. For me, it's been something that I've really had to, like, not had to, but I've really been, like, focusing on, like, just enjoying it for what it is. And Oh, that's amazing. You're it, right. It really is. And you're at the exact right place because I feel like you're 20s, you're fumbling, you don't know what the hell you're doing. You're just kind of like... This is what I think I'm supposed to do. And you get into your 30s and that's when you're starting to be able to be like, you know, well, they don't really, they're not into this. So maybe I won't ask for that. Your 40s, fuck yeah. I like it with your full fist in my vagina and I'm going to need you to lube that up first. You know, like you have to get to that part where whatever it is you're into, you can say to them. Yeah, exactly. And that's the beauty of aging. There is so much good that comes with getting a little older. We talked about the bad stuff, my nipple hairs, you know, whatever. But, you know, honestly, something happens to women. And I really honestly think somewhere between, to me, I feel like I see this often, like between 41 and 46, there is just this liberation. It it doesn't really matter what you tell me anymore because I just don't fucking care. Like I'm here, I own my body. I am the I am the person that tells me what is right for me, and that's what's so great about aging. Own it. Don't be afraid. Don't compare yourself to twenty year olds because twenty year olds are dipshits. Love you, twenty year olds, but you're dipshits. You don't know what you're doing. You don't even know what makes you happy yet, and you're going to fast forward. Save yourself the trouble. Learn now. You don't have to wait till 40 to get there. But for most women, it takes getting to about 40 where we are saying like, hmm, you know what? I'm good. I'm just good. And whether I have a partner or whether I don't have a partner, whether I have casual sex, whether I have self-sex, it doesn't matter because I feel good about me and that's it. And I'm not judging myself or anybody else. And, you know, just to... to um 
to add to that, I will say I feel like that age, that attitude kind of like, I mean, sex, yes, but also like other things in life. You really start getting to that point where you're like, I'm fucking good. I don't know what, I mean, what a liberating feeling it is to just be like, wait, I'm good. Like, I'm okay. Like, just with everything. Like, it it is what it is. That attitude, like, oh my God, it is the most liberating feeling in the world. Being like in your 20s and all bundled up and that. Oh, my brain was so exhausting. Like my thoughts and what I thought I had to be and do and this, that, the other, everything. And now I've just come to the point where I'm just really like, I'm so chill about it. And it's such, it is the, the best part of aging is like starting to reach that point. And yeah. I, I mean, like, I have to agree with everything that you said, Lori, except that like, I think that like, the folly is, is that, like, we can tell ourselves this, you know, even when we're in our 30s, you know, when we're in our 20s, when we're in our 30s, we can tell ourselves these things, right? Like that, you know, oh, I'm comfortable with my body or I'm comfortable with who I am or all of these things. But I think most of those times we're really trying to achieve something else. And it isn't until you get into your 40s where you actually start to achieve those actual feelings, right? Like you tell yourself these things and you are trying to achieve them, but it isn't until your 40s that you actually start kind of actually achieving them mentally. And like, at least for me, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm making no sense right now. No, I get it. I I feel like in my, I feel like in my twenties, you know, I was like, yeah, I feel like super sexually liberated, but I was still also trying to like be performative and, you know, 100%, 100% be how I I felt like I needed to be. And in my thirties, I started to get more comfortable, but at the same time I was like also starting to disappear in society. Right. And so it was like, I want to like somehow make myself relevant and, and feel relevant in my culture. Right. And, and that wasn't necessarily possible because I was in my thirties. And so I was sort of at that culturally irrelevant phase of life. So I had to kind of grapple with that. And in my forties, I kind of got there, right. Where I was at the point where I was like a little bit more like, yeah, fuck this. I am, I am me and I'm comfortable and I'm good. I love and, that. And I think that that's the whole part. And here's the thing. We've attached age to this, but there is no age to this. There really isn't. Amen. So You're to right. my former younger self, I'm so grateful that somewhere in that period, like I just, I just had to learn and I was still insecure and I still did feel like people judged me and I know they did. But I also had to get to the part where I felt like if I wear duct tape and thong as an outfit, that's what I'm going to do. And I might not look the way you think I should in it, but that's just not my problem. That's yours. Lori, can I tell you, this is absolutely why I fell in love with you all these years ago was because of that absolute attitude that you had in that moment in your what 30s ish yeah i was in my 30s 
I was like in my late thirties though. And most of our group of friends were actually much, much younger, which I knew, but I didn't realize how much younger, you know, here's me. I mean, I was around really young women that um, I, I had given birth. I had two babies and, you know, for me, I, I was like, I can't compare my body to yours because mine doesn't look like yours. But yeah. I also am not ashamed of it or embarrassed of it. And I'm sorry that you're still hiding yourself, but I'm not going to do it. And that is honestly why I fell in love with you back when I fell in love with you, when I first met you. Yeah. Well, so I think this has been a, like a really great discussion. And I know that we didn't get into a lot of the details, but I do want to just close my part of this by saying there are a lot of changes that happen when women are going through the change and like going through menopause and getting those hormone changes. And so, you know, the biggest thing to remember is that all of this is temporary on the other side, you know, uh, and I'm not there yet, but I mean, I think I'm pretty close. And so the other side of this is where you're like, no more periods. I mean, I had a hysterectomy. I can wear white pants and I don't even have to worry anymore. <laughs> anytime I'm, a, I'm, I'm messy. So that probably is a problem, but not having periods, not having to deal with birth control issues. If that's something important to you, not having to worry about, you know, my hormones fluctuating all over. I'm getting there. I'm getting to the part where we're, we're, we're getting close. I think I'm probably, you know, a year or two away from it being totally done. However, I still feel the best I've ever felt in my life. I love that. But I feel like this is, this is the age I always wanted to be. This is the body I always wanted to have. This is the person that I was meant to be. And that is powerful. Dude, seriously, like that, what you just said right there, change, that changes everything. It makes me think so differently of aging. Honestly, everything we mean to do with this podcast, you did in that one second right there. So thank you. Well, thank you for letting me share it with you guys. You are the fucking best. Um, so grateful. Oh, my God. We should probably go to crushes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yay! And Laurie, I want to know your crush. I want to know your crush. Halloween vibes. Love it. A little bit. Uh, Laurie, you go first. Yeah. Uh, I love this. So I recently just saw a movie called Blackbird. And if you haven't seen it, get your Kleenex ready and just do it. Buckle up. And um, I've been really, you know, digging on Susan Sarandon lately. However, I'm going to say she was terrible. Not terrible in this movie. You won't like her character. But I love Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. Okay. And, you know, she's one of those uh, actresses that really you don't see her in much she's very choosy about what she does and so when you see her in a movie it's going to be something that you're going to remember so if you um, here's my crush look at the movie called Holy Smoke 
with Kate Winslet and Harvey Keitel. It's actually kind of one of my favorite movies, but it just so happened she popped up in this movie I saw. So um, I'm going to give it to Kate Winslet. Um, big crush on you for girl doing only the movies that you really want to do. I like Super that. into that. I love that. She's awesome. Nicole. <laughs> I didn't know who you were going to go. Okay. Um, uh, God, I've had so many crushes this week. I have a wicked personal crush, but I also have a public crush that I really want to share because she deserves it. Um, she did. So it's this whole story that I've seen like on TikTok and everywhere else. And she did pass away and it breaks my fucking heart. She's amazing and brilliant and beautiful. And uh, she's a nurse. And her name's Betty Greer Gallagher. Have you heard of her? Do you know? Um, she she was a nurse for 50 years. She was able to retire. She refused to retire. She came back for COVID-19. And she did unfortunately pass away from complications from COVID-19. And the story is fucking heartbreaking. And if you see her, her face and her smile and her whole like light is infectious. And like she's so beautiful. And it's tragic and she deserves the fucking world so she is my crush this week that's amazing she was from Pennsylvania or is that right I think uh, I, I actually truthfully I think she worked in like Alabama um but it looks like she worked in quite a few different places so possibly but um she died on she died one day before her 79th birthday it's just fucking brutal the fact that she retired and she came back just to like fight this pandemic and I'm telling you heroes I have seen things that I've just never seen in my life and they can't stand back and let it happen even though they're putting themselves at great risk I mean it's insane so like just on like TikTok and every other social media like there's so many videos dedicated to her because she was she, she was such a presence like even without the pandemic like she just was that person that people like looked up to and she's you know she was a nurse for so long and again she's so beautiful and her smile so infectious and say her name again uh her name is um betty gallagher betty greer gallagher so okay i'll definitely check her out that's so sad it really is. And it broke my heart. Like I also kind of a perfect crush considering Lori is our resident nurse. That's right. I mean, our resident nurse yeah. and trauma surgeon. I'm not a trauma surgeon. I'm a trauma program director. I love that you keep calling her a surgeon. She's still our pre- our resident surgeon. I don't care what anybody says. I, <laughs> I am a surgical assistant. I disagree on this. I have honestly assisted with. I have literally assisted with like eight surgeries, including and a bunch I'm, of myself. And I'm super, her manager. I, I get her all the head. and all the clubs. I have super glued my head three times. I am an, a trauma assistant surgeon. So whatever. Okay, well, <clears throat> I'll let I will let my um, trauma medical re- director know I am in charge of hiring, so we'll have to just have a little talk about you know what we can where where we find a, a good place for you. There's so many places. I'm so good at everything. Just she could me. be your private investigator. 
Oh. Oh, don't. Don't tempt me with a good time. Literally, Lori, hire me. I will be in Arizona by Monday. I swear. No, it is. I'll be in Arizona by Thursday. I swear to God. Um, I I feel like, you know, you may get a call and you may be surprised. That's all I'm going to say. I'm into it. <laughs> well, Evie, hey, what's your crush? My crush is actually Sin. Oh. AKA Sin Design. Mm. Uh, yeah, I wanted to highlight Sin because Sin is the other half of Lori. I mean, she is part of what propels Lori forward and supports Lori and makes Lori the amazing badass that she is. Although Lori would also obviously be who she is without sin, but no, she wouldn't. No, no. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, I bumbled around life until I was 40 and I met the perfect person and since, like, we haven't looked back since 41. So- And I love your relationship. I love the way you support each other and the way you two are there for each other. And I think Sin is a fucking badass and she's a kind, wonderful, amazing human. And I love the shit out of her. And so she's my crush this week. Can't wait to tell her that, like, publicly she's somebody's crush. She's she's crush-worthy. Uh, I mean... She's also, like, fucking smoking hot. I mean, let's be clear. Yeah, yeah. She's she's darling, and she's making me pork chops and green bean casserole right now I love for that. dinner. Yeah, I mean... Chops and green bean casserole. She knows that's what I like, and she knew I was going to have a tough Monday, so she decided to make me something that I like. I mean, that's as good as it gets right there. Totally. Well, I love that. I love you guys. Um, I love our podcast. Evie, if people wanted to find our podcast, how could they do that? Oh, they would go to at Queered Podcast on Instagram. What about on... Facebook, weirdos on Facebook, and with all the social media, I mean, please, 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 uh, like, subscribe, leave a message, any interaction out there. You know, and I would love to, um, I'd love to come back and talk about weird medical stuff at another time. You know, catch, catch up, do whatever it is you're doing. You know, whenever you just have some time let me know but I'd love to come back I have weird stuff to talk about and honestly love to yeah thank you so much for your time this has been amazing you're brilliant it's so good it's so fun to like catch it catch up and um there's so many more things I want to talk to you about so yeah you're for sure seriously you are a hundred percent welcome every time anytime we love this shit out of you I love it okay All right, well, here's my teaser. I want to make a coffee table book called You Put What Where. And it's an entire series of the things that I've seen in weird places working 20-some years in the ER. Now, we've all seen the stories and whatever. These are things that I have physically seen myself. And I will start with the man with 176 pennies in his rectum. I'm going to leave you with that teaser and we will come back and talk about you put what where on another day. All right. I'm so in. 
Thank you so much for joining us, Lori. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it. I know you're very busy. So Thank you. Um, Thank you, Sin, for allowing Lori to be away from you for this long. Yes, and Lori, <laughs> thanks, thanks for all you do. Seriously, honestly, the whole world yeah. thanks you right now. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, we will see you guys next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. We Bye. love you. Bye. Be weird. Be weird and stay queer. <laughs> Bye. Nicole, are you here? Mm-hmm. Eavesdropping on my entire conversation. You're so creepy. I literally don't give a fuck what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs>